Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast, bringing you heartwarming and real conversations with teachers on the front line of education from across the country. I am Karen Sarah Watson, and I am a teacher. This podcast is for those who want to better understand the experiences of today's teachers. Come join us. Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast. Today, I'm super excited to bring back my first interview of the Warriors of Education podcast 32 episodes ago, Mr. Kevin Higgins. Um, thank you so much, Kevin, for coming back. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Thank you. So um, just tell us a little bit about yourself again for those who might, who might not remember the first episode. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a special education teacher down in the South Bronx. I've been down there for nine years now. Um, you know, I've taught everything, you know, my other license, I'm dual license in ELA and special education, but currently I'm teaching U.S. history. I'm teaching 10th grade ELA, I'm teaching ninth grade global. Uh, over the years, I've just, you know, I'll go anywhere they, they send me as far as that goes. I've led, um, creative writing classes, um, things like that. So yeah, still, you know, remotely, but still, still working for the same school. Yes. Yeah, so tell me, so when we first interviewed, um, again, you were my first interview, we talked about, um, it was during COVID, it was the very beginning of us teaching remotely. And, um, you know, we were just kind of figuring out what this was about. We hadn't taught remotely. Um, it's now seven months later. And I'd love to hear about what you're doing now and the story about the last couple months for you and how that's been and where you are now. Sure. It's seven months later and we're not that much farther along. Right. That's, that encapsulates uh, so much. I had decided to go remote for this semester. I've got an underlying illness, so I didn't want to take a chance. I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to, I don't trust the Department of Education to do the right thing uh, for teachers. And I think they've proven me right uh, again and again. So it was, I actually put the paperwork in somewhere near the end of August. I was really holding off on having to do it because I wanna be there. I wanna be in the classroom with the kids. Yeah, socially distanced with masks on, fewer kids in the room. I don't care, I wanna be there, um, but I, as the summer went on, I just felt more and more like this was something that I had to do. It kills me every day. Uh, remote teaching kills me a little bit more every day uh, because you don't have that connection. Um, the physical aspect of it, of sitting in front of a laptop for 10, 12 hours a day, my back hurts, my knees hurt, the whole deal. But, you know, we got to do what we got to do. And hopefully come January, things will be a little bit more put together so that I'll be able to go back into the classroom. Right. So tell me what remote teaching has been like for you. It's been tough because there hasn't been a lot of consistency. Um, literally just yesterday, our school changed its teaching model and we all got brand new schedules. Uh, yesterday, three and a half weeks into this, um, students were, were, you know, they were email, you know, mailing stuff and trying to email and make parent phone calls today. So students know that come Monday, they're on a completely different schedule. 
Um, and who knows if it's gonna happen again? We, we don't know. We've had a lot of students go remote since we began. Um, we're at definitely more than 50% of our school is remote. And a good chunk of that has happened since we started the school year. Same thing with teachers. We've had a pretty big jump in teachers going remote since the beginning of the school year. Wow. Yeah. It's not that in our school, it's been 50% of the kids, but um, like not that many teachers actually, I mean, and they're in the school teaching remote. So yeah, yeah. very few people that's, had accommodations. Yeah, and that's the other problem is that teachers in the building were teaching remotely and teachers who were remote were teaching the blended class or co-teaching at least in my case, the blended classrooms. So the content teacher is in the classroom with the students and I'm beamed in on a laptop. So I'm a small little picture at the front of the room. And it's, uh, you know, I was really, it's, it's, it had been really beating me down feeling that I wasn't contributing. I was doing the modifications for the specific students, but it's not like I could sit down next to that student and work out those issues with them. Um, and it was really, it really was beating me down. My new schedule gives me a little bit more of the remote aspect to it, uh, but I still do have some blended classes. So it's a weird beast right now. So what, so explain what blended classes are because you're not in the classroom. So what does that so mean? A blended class is a teacher in the classroom, students in the classroom, and I'm on a computer you know, the teacher would send out a Google, you know, we use Google Classroom, a Google Meets for me so that I'm actually on the laptop in the room, okay. you know, so, and, you know, co-teachers have been great uh, trying because I've expressed my, uh, my doubts about this to my co-teachers saying, I, I just feel like I'm not contributing anything. I feel that I'm not able to help students. I feel like I'm kind of useless in that, in that position. And they've all been really good about trying to get me included. You know, hey, Mr. Higgins, you have anything you want to add to that? With one teacher, we actually came up with the idea where I invited everybody to my Zoom meeting, right? So everybody in the classroom, because all the kids have laptops now. So all the kids in the class, I don't know if you can hear my dogs. I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I think they see me through the window and uh, I want to come out here. But, um, you know, I would invite them so that I'm on each of their laptops and I could work with them a little bit more individually. But what was happening was, you know, unless everybody was on mute, somebody would talk and you get the feedback and the echoes and, and all this kind of stuff. So it's been really, it's, it's been a real challenge. It's been a wow. very good challenge. So um, when we talked um, back in um, late March, early April, I think when we started, I think it was April, um, the attrition rate was really bad. You only had a few, a few students coming. Tell me, has that improved or are you still having the same problem? Well, it, it hasn't improved, but as more and more students were going remote, the rosters for the in-student classes were getting smaller and smaller. So you know, as of uh, between tomorrow, you know, now and tomorrow, I have, I have a class that has only one student on the roster and that student's in LTA. They're long-term absence. So we've never even seen that person. So 
And I see that same group, second period for ELA, and then third period for US history. So yeah, sure, I'm getting a couple extra prep periods out of the day, which I'm not gonna complain about, but nobody's showing up, pods have been collapsing. So more and more, um, you know, we had, we were running on an ABC schedule. So, you know, for ELA 11, the pod for A collapsed two weeks ago because all the students from that class went remote. And now you've got a B class that has maybe eight or nine kids in it, but two, two show up, three show up. You know, you might have another class with four or five that none of them show up. So it's, it's hard to maintain consistency. We're only posting three um, assignments per week because, you know, the kids that are in the classrooms are only in the classrooms for two days. So they've got three other days during the week that they've got to do work. So, you know, the way we're posting everything, I, we've got dates on, this is what you should be doing today. We're giving them little weekly calendars, but we're not seeing a whole lot of, of work being submitted. So, you know, what, have you been able to reach out to these students who are not showing up? Like, do you have any idea what's going on with them? I have become the king of reach out. Um, as of in the spring between, it was mid-April and June when we were starting to wrap things up. I think I made about 120, 130 um, outreach uh, attempts, whether it was phone calls or emails uh, or both. Um, we were, you know, we hit a lot of problems with students having outdated information. So a lot of the phone calls that I was making then that I'm even making now, the phone numbers haven't worked for two or three years. I'm reaching out to admin saying, what are we doing to get, we, first of all, just for safety's sake, you always have to have a phone number for a parent in case right. the kid gets hurt, you got to call somebody, Right. but just also to let the parent know this is you know, your kid's not showing up or your kid's doing great. I like, I love doing positive outreach, but when you've got no phone call, no phone number, it's impossible. And we had a parent who emailed my principal, I think it was about a week before school ended saying, how come I haven't heard anything? Nobody's called me or, or reached out to me about how my daughter's doing. And my principal, and I document everything personally. Um, so anytime we have these anecdotals that we write up and I tag all members of administration, I tag the guidance counselors, co-teachers, the deans. These guys are probably sick of seeing my name and anecdotals on a day-to-day -day basis. But my principal was able to go into those and say, well, you know, Mr. Higgins has tried calling or emailing this amount of times over the course of the past two months, but we don't have a phone number for you. Can you give me a phone number? Uh, which the parent never did, you know? Um, and then it, it, it rolls down onto us. Now I'm getting emails from my principal saying, hey, send an email to this student and let this student know that if they, you know, at least send in one or two assignments, they could probably squeak by with a, a 65. But even then, you're not getting anything. You know? oh, so it's, it's disheartening, I got to say, I got to say. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about you, Kevin, is that you're so dedicated to the students. 
I mean, this is what you talk about in your stories about how much these these kids mean to you. So what is that doing to you? I mean, how is that affecting you? It, it, disheartening is the the only good word that I have for it. You know, I wake up in the morning and I'm already thinking, what's today going to be like? Uh, This has been the first time ever since I've been a teacher where the thought has actually passed through my head of, should I just quit? Should I just go off and work in retail or something? You know, and that kills me because that's never been, and I'm, over the years, I've had the best experiences happen to me, both positive and negative. You know, right. the positive, you have that kid that finally gets it, or you got that kid who's really trying to show up every day, or they come to you at lunchtime and say, I need help with this. And that's awesome. And I've had the most negative. I've had desks and chairs thrown at me. I've had students threaten me. And I cherish all of those experiences because it's a great melting pot. You know, I've got the experience of having to dodge a chair, you know, in the middle of class. But I've also got the experience of having that kid come to me and say, hey, man, I, I really appreciate you. on graduation night. I really appreciate what you did for me. So for me to even have a passing thought of leaving this profession kills me, right. kills me. you know, but it's fleeting you know, and I know that every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to do what I can do. Um, Again, with this new schedule change starting Monday, I'll have my hand in more blended classes. So that will allow me to do maybe some breakout rooms with my, you know, my students with disabilities and work with them a little bit more. Um, I'm lucky enough that one of the teachers that I'm going to be teaching with starting Monday, we've already taught together in the past. Um, One guy that I'm sticking with, we've taught for almost two years now together. Uh, One guy I've never taught with before, but we have a great relationship. He's been in the school five, six years, and we get along really well. We had a great co-planning meeting this morning. Uh, We're both kind of on the same page about where we want to see this class go and what we, how we want to partner with it. So, you know, those are positives and that's stuff that I'm feeling like there's gonna be maybe a little bit more stability with this new schedule. Again, until they change everything up again, which I don't put past the DOE. Right. Until we go full remote or until uh, more students go full remote and we have to change our model again. You know? Right. Um, the DOE has been very disappointing. You know, Obviously de Blasio and Carranza have been very disappointing. And I have to say, I'm disappointed in my union. Yeah. I don't feel like my union has fought for us yeah. the way they, they should. Yep. You know, a for all the years that, that I've been paying dues and to have Mulgrew go into a meeting and kind of roll over and expose his belly, I, I don't I don't think that's the way it should be. And then you get know? on video then get on video and, 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 and be like, I'm really frustrated guys, but I'm here for you. And we're like, Yeah, you know what are you doing? Like they for us. They, they took away they took away all the preps yeah. so like no more preps like you know prep we, we don't sit around during our preps like you know drinking yeah. a cup of coffee and and like hanging out like we're doing our prep we need preps to prepare for me it's like I don't have time in between classes I teach like I have a class from 11 10 to 12 12 
1250, 1250, to, and it goes straight. So I'll have four or five classes in a row without even a break to breathe. And then I've got to get right back on, like on Mondays, I'm, we're all remote. So I have to get right back online. And I'm like, where did our preps go? Why, why did they They're think gone. that that's, why did they think that that was something that we could let go of? Our like, preps are gone. Our teacher's choice money is gone. Right. And I'll tell you, I spent a lot of money on PPE over, over the course of the summer with the expectation of going back into that building. Uh, we're right. talking, uh, you know, hand sanitizer, gloves, um, extra masks to give a kid in case there's preps out on them in the middle of a class face shields, the whole deal that is sitting in a bag in my office um, because I decided to go remote. And I would, you know, if I was in that building, you know, five days a week, yeah, I'd have my mask. I'd have my face shield. I'd have gloves on anytime I'm sanitizing desks. You know, I'd be hand, in, hand sanitizer to kids left and right. Uh, but we don't, you know, in the past, I'd get reimbursed for that come January. Um, right. So we lost our preps. We lost our, our teacher's choice. We, yeah, almost I mean, I, lost, we almost lost a nice raise. Right. So, so what you're talking about is that, um, so in the, the DOE, we, uh, we didn't act, when Bloomberg was in office, um, we did not get a raise. So I think it was like from 2014 at around that time. Yeah. So um, when he got out of office and we got new, new people in, they were, they decided to, the next contract is we were going to get retro pay. So this isn't pay like extra pay. This it's not is extra pay, pay, but it's pay that's owed to us. Yes. It's pay that's owed to us. And de Blasio, you know, the week that we were supposed to get it suddenly says, sorry, you're out of luck, you know? Right. And we had to and go they, to arbitration for it. Right. Uh, and arbitrate. The, yeah. And we can talk about losing uh, spring break from last year. Still haven't right. been compensated for that. And nobody's yeah. even brought that up. No, even Mulgrew's not even talking about that. I think it's That's just odd. everyone. It's so overwhelming. I mean, it's just like, it's just, it, 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 we're bombarded with things. I mean, you know, I'm so curious what your day is like remotely. I know I, I'm in, um, I'm teaching both remotely and in person and I'm in school all the time. Yeah. And it is, it is like total insanity when you get to school. You are running and you do not stop running from the minute you get there. And you're yeah. lucky you can like get a little bite to eat, like get something in there because you've got to get ready for your next class because you know you don't have a break and, you know, or even a bathroom yeah. break, you know, things yeah. like yeah. that. So you know, I'm curious what your day is like teaching remotely. How is that, you know, not being in school? The, the best part about it is the commute. Um, yes, yes. You know, and I know that it's been made clear that we we've lost our snow days because we can go remote. But, you know, I, I was already there. So um, right. I'm up early. I'm generally an early riser, uh, four or five in the morning. When I was commuting to the building it was even earlier. I'd be up by three, three thirty because I would always get to the building by six fifteen, which is when they open the doors for us. Now I don't need that. So I don't need to get up that early. But I'll get up. I'll usually bring the dogs down with me. Um, we have three dogs. Uh, we just got a new puppy uh, at the beginning of the summer. I think I saw that picture. So sweet. That's a, uh, it, that's a, uh, a fun challenge, we'll, we'll, we'll say. She's full of energy uh, and she's bigger than one of our other dogs already. Uh, and they're all the same breed. They're all Boston Terriers. And she already is bigger than her, her bigger sister, quote unquote. 
um, and she's got energy and she just loves. Uh, it, it is really the greatest thing in the world, just watching this dog. Um, but I'll bring the three dogs down with me, feed them, get them out, do their thing, let them you know, roam the house and play. Um, as I'm making breakfast, I'll usually, that's when I'll usually start checking emails. Um, I'll make sure that all the, my co-teachers have invited me to the classrooms. I'll see if there's anything that, that came in overnight from admin or anything like that. As I'm eating breakfast, I'm working. I'm either grading, I'm modifying stuff for the following week. If, if you know, the teachers have gotten me um, all the stuff that I need, I'm just working, uh, just working. You know, my wife gets up later on. I'll take a little break at that point because uh, usually that's before my classes even start. Or if it's in, in between, I'll, I'll chit chat with her for a little while. But it, it goes pretty much all day. Anytime I'm not in a classroom, I'm on the laptop, I'm doing something. Right. Um, and now, again, with this new schedule change, I've got to catch up on three weeks worth of ninth grade global history. I've got to catch up on the past three weeks of 10th grade ELA. So these past couple of days, you know, between yesterday and today, it's literally just been nose in the laptop, uh, trying to get stuff ready for, uh, to be able to, to put out there on Monday. Right. So tell me about your experience with just being on the computer. I mean, have you had any internet issues? Um, my other question too with that, a follow-up to that is also, are kids showing up on screen? I, I hear a lot of the upper grades are not coming on screen. So can you tell me about your experience with that? Sure. Um, yes, I've had issues. Um, I've got a, a school laptop that has just in the past three weeks started to give, I've had this thing for years and only in the past three weeks since we've started this, has it started to get a little wonky on me? So I'll be in the middle of a, a, you know, a class and my computer will just shut itself down. You know, I gotta that reboot to it, me. Gotta wait, you know, you gotta get back on the internet and you gotta go back into the class. Meanwhile, I'm texting the teacher saying, I don't know what happened, I'll be back in a minute. Um, kids are not coming on camera. Um, We've had a little bit better luck getting kids to unmute themselves to speak instead of just utilizing the chat. And every now and then you can get a kid to actually come on camera. Usually it's just for the first few minutes and then they, they disappear. And we're cool with that as long as we hear their voice. And that's, that's what I tell them. I don't care about seeing your face. I just wanna hear your voice and try your best. If you don't know an answer, literally unmute yourself, say, mister, I don't know the answer. That's all I need from you because then we can figure out the answer together. Right. So, you know, yeah, camera wise, no, no more luck than we had in the spring, but definitely getting better with getting kids to speak, which right. is a big one. So, um, so does it happen often that your, your, your computer gets, you know, gets thrown off i mean it's happened to me I so many times when i'm teaching it's like once every yeah once every two days but some days yeah. it happens more than once right um i actually our assistant principal had a meeting about two weeks ago on a friday afternoon with just the remote teachers just kind of a check-in how are things going and i get into the meeting and i can't hear anything that anybody's saying so you know jump out go back in can't hear what anybody's saying. Um, meanwhile, now I'm, I'm frantically texting my AP 
saying, computer's wonky. I'll be back. I promise. And literally hit the point where I had to grab my wife's laptop. And yeah, I joined the, the meeting 15 minutes late. Um, you know, and, and I'm the type of guy I go in and, and my AP says, oh, you know, Mr. Higgins, I see that you, you got in late. And I, I go, yeah, could you guys start over? Because I missed the first 15 minutes. And I can usually break the tension, uh, which it did, you know. Um, and like I said, it was just a basic check-in meeting. So it wasn't anything that important or serious that, you know, I couldn't throw a little jab in there. But um, yeah, every couple of days. But like I said, on some days, it's worse than others. And I don't know if it's just the laptop itself or if my, you know, I got a pretty good Wi-Fi connection. You know, my wife works, is, is still working from home. She does remote meetings three, four nights a week, never has an issue, you know. Um, so I don't know if maybe just my laptop is starting to, to get sick yeah. of remote teaching. Because um, <laughs> the school, the school internet is so bad. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's happened to me where it's just frozen. And I was like, I guess the class is over because it's like, that's it. <laughs> Sorry, guys, but there I go. My computer just completely. I had, a, I had a colleague about a year and a half ago who spilled coffee on her laptop by mistake. And we have an IT guy in the building. So she brought it to him and she's, I don't know if it's going to work anymore. And she got herself a new computer. And now I'm thinking to myself, I, I drink coffee. My laptop's <laughs> right What's to stop me? What's to stop me is now that I'm I'm not allowed in the building now <laughs> since oh, I'm a God. remote teacher. So I spill coffee on my laptop. I'm literally using my wife's laptop for the rest of this, you know, or at least until January. Uh, and even then, there's no guarantee I'm going to get a new one because all of our budget has gone to technology for for kids. Every classroom has a computer a card. Uh, so what's going to happen? So what's going to happen in January now? I have no idea. Um, right. You know, again, the hope is that the DOE has its act together enough that people like me aren't afraid to come into the building. You know, right. I make the joke that, uh, you know, if I, if, I, if I get this, I'm a goner, right? I had a stroke 10 years ago. I had a near heart attack two years ago. I've got diabetes. If I get this junk in my lungs, that's it. I'm done. And it's a joke. I'm joking, of course, but I'm not going to take that risk. And if I feel come November, early December, that things are still, that we're not remote yet completely, that things are still kind of where they are now, I'm going to put that paperwork in and I'm going to spend the rest of the year at my kitchen table. I mean, but we're in November practically. I mean, that's the thing. It's no. October 15th now. You know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like every time I think about it, I also think about how are they going to do with the class sizes? So right now we have 11 uh, I'm teaching the young ones, so it's different for me. So I teach the little ones. We have like about 11, 12 kids in every class. Mm. What about all the people who want to bring their kids back to school in November? Like they said, November was a deadline. Where are we putting those kids? And are we then suddenly we're not in a safe, um, socially distanced um, environment? And no one's talking about it. Like no one is actually talking about these true. things. Even now, I don't feel that the teachers in my building are in a safe, socially distant environment. In yeah. the classroom, sure, right? Our, our classrooms are set up to hold, I think, no more than 10 or 12 students. Um, students don't change classes anymore. Teachers do. So the students are in that room for the most part for the entire day. Um, 
But we had a student who missed the first two weeks of school because he was out in the Dominican Republic. And he shows up. Now that's a quarantine area, which means that when he comes back, he's got a quarantine for 14 days. Well, he showed up to school the next day. He got flagged because he came in on the wrong day. He wasn't supposed to come in that day for his in-person classes. And as he's talking to my principal, he says, oh, I just got back from Costa Rica yesterday. And she says, well, you got to go home for 14 days. And she made the phone call to his, to his dad and explained the situation to him and said he can engage in online. You know, he can do full remote until he comes back in. But how many other kids in the building are getting by? that maybe just came back from a quarantine state or a quarantine country that aren't getting flagged because they're in on the wrong day, who are just, you know, walking through the scanners in, 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 the, in the, the lobby and going up to whatever classroom they're supposed to be in. Right. From what I've seen, our students have been really good about it. Uh, I have not yet seen a student without a mask uh, in, in the classrooms. Same, um, yeah. I don't hear anybody complaining about it. And I got, I see some of these kids the last period of the day. And if, if, if a high school student's going to complain about their mask, it's after sitting in a room for seven periods with it on, with having very little opportunity to get up and leave the room. So nobody's complaining about it as far as the kids go. And that's great. You know, yeah. yeah. we'll see what happens once they start rolling out the random testing. Uh, Cause I actually read an article this morning that teachers are against that because they're afraid that if random testing happens, um, then vaccinations, forced vaccinations will happen. And I'm the type of guy. Listen. What? What? Teachers are, yeah. wait, in New York? Teachers are afraid. Yeah. Teachers are afraid that once we roll out that mandatory testing, the next step would be mandatory vaccinations once we have a vaccine. Now, I'm the type of guy, I've never been a political guy, never in my whole life, until now, right? There needs to be a change. Uh, I don't feel that our president is responsible enough to do anything, to walk up a, a flight of stairs at this point. Uh, he got it, and when he was in the hospital, he puts out a message saying, I've learned so much about it, not just stuff right. in the books. And you think, oh, maybe this guy's getting it. And then he comes out, I'm Superman. Right. Right. I'm cured. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, yes. I mean, and, the problem is. And, we're, I, we're and I get such, it. Yeah. Yeah. And you have the anti-maskers, you know, yeah. who are flipping out. And you see the videos all the time of them kicking stuff over in grocery stores because they got to put a mask on. And if that's your view, that's your view. Right. I don't agree with it. But I'm not going to change your mind. The worry is when that view starts to permeate into the big picture. So if a teacher gets that random test, and let's say we have a vaccine, and they test positive, and the DOE says you can't come back. I mean, they're not talking about holding them down and jabbing them with a needle, but the DOE says, you're going on unpaid leave until you get the vaccine. Right. I think that's the worry, you know, because now right. if you refuse to take the test, right. they're going to well, send mean, you home without pay. 
but I, I mean, my, so, my view is then, then don't, you should be working if you can't, you know, if you can't get a vaccine, you know, I'm sorry. Like, it's like, it's saving people's lives. I mean, this is like, these are people's lives are at stake. So, um, we should, yeah. We should all be remote. We should all be remote. Well, I'm um, just you a know, question of when, when is that going to happen? When is that going to happen? That's the question. And that's what's going well, on in schools right now is we're all just yeah, majoring. I mean, I think the the number is seventy five percent. I think if if seventy five percent of a school hits all remote, then that school goes all remote. I think if seventy five percent of the DOE in New York City goes all remote, then the entire DOE goes all remote. But right. you know, I mean, I've got again, I've got more than fifty percent of my school of my kids remote, and we may have hit that plateau, right? Where now kids are getting new schedules. Because you had that also. You had a kid walking into a classroom, looking around, going, there's nobody else here. Why am I coming in here if I'm sitting in a room alone with a teacher? They go home, they go all remote. Or the kid who's in a classroom and they don't like that kid over there. And I don't want to be in a room for seven periods with that kid. I'm going to go all remote. Right. Um, You've got parents who are frustrated. You know, well, wait a minute. We were supposed to start September 8th. Now we're not going to start in person until October and now I'm hearing that my kid in the classroom might not have a live teacher. They might be having somebody on a computer screen in front of them. Well, forget that. If that's going to be the case, I'll keep them home. Yeah. yeah. So there's so many variables that go into it. And de Blasio is dug his heels in. He has I dug know. his heels in. It's going to take Cuomo, you know, and I don't see Cuomo doing it either. It's, it's crazy. But on, a, yeah. on, a, on another note, just because we have to wrap it up soon, I'm curious, are you ready to put this in your storytelling? Because the other thing about you is you're a fantastic storyteller. Have you started writing <laughs> stories about this? I, I haven't started officially writing anything about it, but, you know, I, the first, my first virtual doctor's visit, uh, you know, um, I had quar- uh, quarantine, I had uh, cataract surgery uh, last January, uh, both eyes. Um, and since then I get these eye infections, you know, and I got an eye infection. It was probably somewhere around April and I was getting a sty and I just felt it wasn't right. And I don't know, can I go into the office or whatever? So I make the call and we're going to set you up for a virtual. And I had never heard of a virtual doctor's visit. And literally, uh, it was on my phone. I'm looking at my phone and he's telling me, pull your eyelid up and you know, looked at, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm paying this guy and I'm doing all the work, you know, <laughs> he, he's just looking at me through a phone. I'm the, I'm the guy tugging at my eye and poking myself. <laughs> um, so like, it's those weird little things that now you've got to deal with. Um, right. I had my first, the first time I had a dream where I walked out of the house without a mask. I had about two weeks ago, up into this whole point. Right. And now I have a dream where I get to the grocery store and I get out and all of a sudden I don't have my mask. And in the dream, I had to get back in my car, you know, drive all the way home. Right. So, you know, it's the little things. It's it's yeah. little things like that of always having to make sure you got a mask in your pocket when you leave. Well, um, I definitely I definitely can't wait to hear your stories because I think yeah. you should get get start writing again and, <laughs> and get yourself out there because you're an amazing storyteller, too. But anyway, we're going to have to wrap it up. Sure. But it's been such a pleasure coming back and visiting you. Yeah, this is um, great. Yeah, I'll have to check up with you in a couple months, too. You know, I just 
I hope you stay safe and healthy and yeah, do what's best, best for you. And I, I just, your kids are really lucky to have you to have a teacher that cares that much. I, I kind of feel I was a lot more on fire this time around than the first time. I think I was a little more mellow the first time. Maybe yeah. uh, seven or eight months well, of it, I, starting to get I my was definitely, it was, I, I was beginning to. So we, we got this right this time, <laughs> definitely. But anyway, so Kevin, thank you so much for being part of the Warriors of Education podcast. It's a pleasure. Stay safe. Thank you. And, you know, good luck with all of thank this. You. And we'll, we'll check in too, in a couple you months. Too. You got to stay you so safe much. <laughs> totally. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Warriors of Education podcast is produced by me, Karen Sarah Watson, and edited by Alyssa Renzi. If you are a teacher or you know of a teacher who has a great story, you can find us at warriorsofeducation.com or email us at warriorsofeducation at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Teachers, we hear you, we see you, we honor you. 